Yeah, our young adults are blessed. Shika bongo. Ooh. And, and, and I, as you were just praying that, I thought, hot wax, you know? It's like a fiery hot wax that God wants to, you know, just lay all over us. And uh, when, when Day shared that with me in the, in the pre-service prayer, I just really thought about the, the fact, the truth that we You know, if you take the analogy of the car in that analogy, okay, for just a moment, that we remain a car even when we're in the world and get dirty. It's not the car that's contaminated or has the dirt as part of the car. The dirt is on the outside of the car, simple to wash off. A lot of Christians do not understand that theology, They have a theology that somehow or other tells them that when they walk in sin or they walk in the world around people that are sinful, for example, you know, people that use the F-bomb, drop the F-bomb every single sentence. I don't know if any of you have come across anybody like that, but uh, uh, I've just noticed that the world out there in our daily lives just uses perhaps just, what could we say, a little more... I don't know, enthusiastic language than we would perhaps use concerning certain consonants and so on. And, and so here we are, people dropping the F-bomb or, or um, you know, I was chatting with somebody recently and they were talking about how, you know, they're, they've, they've just started to really go out into, uh, you know, um, nightclubs and this sort of stuff. And, and, and at first they're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so scary here. And then they realize, wait a minute, no, it's not. The demons are way more scared of us than we are, you know, that type of thing. And, and, um, and so, you know, most of us spend our lives, okay, in a world that is full of contaminants. Have you, have you come across that? Okay. But that doesn't mean that you are contaminated. You might have contaminants that kind of, you know, you look a little travel weary when you get back, so to speak. But make no mistake, everybody, those contaminants are not part of you. You are born again, full of the Spirit, righteous. In fact, the righteousness of God Himself, holy, blameless, spotless in His presence. You, are, you do not have to get somehow re ordered and rejigged from the inside out, okay? And like uh, Devon said, the more wax you have on, the more those contaminants slip right off. So stay super waxy with the Holy Spirit, okay? And you can be in the world and never of the world. You have been rescued from the dominion of darkness. You have been born of the Spirit. You are now one with Christ, You are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are in the bosom of the Father. You are full of the Holy Spirit. You have the faith of Jesus Christ. You don't just have faith in Jesus. You have the faith that's in Jesus. See the difference? You are in Christ Jesus. Pass me a bottle of water if there isn't. Here we go. There's one right here. Okay. I wasn't sure if you could see that it had water in it or whether it was empty. Folks, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, it will be 
done for you or given to you. Now, we always think that whatever you ask in my name, that we add on the in Jesus' name at the end of the prayer, having asked, we then add on in Jesus' name, like it's our kind of Christian abracadabra. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not, in, he's not giving us some little powerful formula word that we can say, in the name of Jesus, to make it official or to make it an expression of, we really, really, really mean that. <laughs> no. He's saying, because you are in my name, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Ask that your joy may be full. John 16. Ask that your joy may be full. I want you, everybody, to just let that, let that penny, as we would say in England, let it drop. Do, do we say that in America? I say we because I'm an American citizen now. I don't sound like it, but I am. Do we say let the penny drop? No, exactly, because we use cents and dollars. Makes more sense. <laughs> Sorry, once a, once a dad, always a dad, right? And now it's even worse, I'm a grandfather. I'm like, I, I love punishing people with puns. Ah, did you get that? But I want you to understand a very, very important point, everybody, this morning as by way of foundation to the message that we, we've already begun to hear from the Lord through, through Ash, through Day, through the worship. Weren't the African... Uh, the African music artists, huh? The African gospel artists were incredible this morning. They had a, they had a conference last night, and uh, thank you, there they are. Actually, uh, David, would you like to stand up? David was one of the speakers for them at their conference that they've been holding this weekend in our church. It's a great honor to have you, David. And uh, David was born in Burundi. He's a black man trapped in a white skin like me. And uh, like Murray and I, we were both born in Nigeria. And we feel very, very at home on African soil because that's what we're made of. Um, <laughs> is that not so? I'm a son of the soil, I tell you. Anyway. I also can speak Nigerian with a Nigerian, or English rather, with a Nigerian accent. Um, but I want to just say, folks, that, that it's really important for us to understand what Jesus did for us at the cross, his burial and his resurrection. He has made a way, not just for our salvation through faith in him, which we have, but he has made a way for the Father to place us in him, in Christ forever. You, by simply believing in Jesus Christ on that day when you gave your life to Jesus, like how many people got saved last Sunday night? 50, some, 50 people? 50 people, everybody. Um, either got brand new salvation or uh, recommitments. But in that moment, it's so important for us to understand that we were not just saved from the world and from sin and from hell. We were saved into Christ, unto the Father. 
and we are in Christ. And he's a lot more powerful than this little bottle helps me represent. Okay, but I'm just using this little bottle to make you understand that just like this water, what's inside this bottle? Water. What's inside this bottle? Come on, wake up, everybody. What's inside the bottle? Okay, if the bottle is Christ, what's inside Christ? Us. Whatever you ask from that place, from knowing, from walking, from talking, from living by faith in Christ Jesus, it will be done for you. Okay, so I want to talk about this morning, and I'd like you to turn first to John 20. John 20, and the key verse is John 20, 20. Well, actually, John 20, 21 is the key verse, but it starts in John 20, 20. Let's start in verse 19. What I want to speak on my title this morning is the Father's love to you, in you, and through you. The Father's love to you, in you, and through you. Okay? Very often... Many Christians live outside of the Father's love in, it, in their experience, even though they're saved and born again. And even though they're in the Father, they don't experience the Father's love. Why? Because they've never been taught. They've never been taught that you can actually experience the Father. And actually, we can see from uh, Matthew 28, where Jesus said, uh, behold, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the identity of the Father, the name of the Son, the identity of the Son, and the name of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the identity of the Holy Spirit. The name is the identity. Okay? The identity. And so again, Jesus was not giving us uh, as pastors or priests or vicars or ministers or whatever else we want to use as a title to describe people that are vocationally employed in Christian ministry within the church, that are people of the cloth, so to speak. Uh, he's not giving them the formula that says, hey, it's, it's not another way of him saying, hey, by the way, guys, when you baptize people, what you need to do is as you lower them down into the water, say in the name, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, as though it's some kind of Christian abracadabra. It is not. It is not a, he was not giving us a formula on how to baptize people and what to say when we baptize them in water, although that is phenomenal to apply that in that moment. He's actually taking, he's actually opening their understanding, the disciples, to something much deeper. He's saying, you will disciple the nations when you immerse them in the identity, in their identity in the Father. What would it look like if over the next 12 months, everybody in your sphere of influence started to get immersed in the Father's identity through you? Well, the first thing that would need to happen for that to happen would be that you're immersed in the identity of the Father. 
right? Because you can never give away what you don't have. So the first aspect this morning is the Father's love to you. Now, when you gave your life to Jesus, you came into Christ Jesus, and you came into salvation, but you came into so much more than what we typically think of salvation, I'm going to heaven. You came into an endless realm of possibilities of experiential love in the identity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You came into the realm of Daddy's love. First group of people that I want to address this morning are those of you who got saved, but you don't know Daddy. You know where you are. (laughs) You're saved. You're born again. You're born of the Spirit. And you're on your way to heaven, just like I was in 1988, August 1988, in the Rocky Mountains in America, in Estes Park. But because I grew up in a missionary family who were evangelical, but had no revelation of the Father's love and had no revelation of the Holy Spirit, His presence, His power, His very person. We thought of Him as like the dove, you know, that hung around Jesus. And, you know, yeah, he's, He's a cute dove, you know. But, but, I mean, don't tell me that you can experience the Holy Spirit. I mean, you're just going to become a weird charismatic if you start talking like that, right? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and that's that. That's what I grew up with. But did you know that if he's the third person of the Trinity, then because he's a person, he has personality, which means that you can engage him in his personality, the Holy Spirit. And so even evangelicals will understand that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? If you can grieve the Holy Spirit, then by implication and by logical deduction, you can make the Holy Spirit happy. And that's because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Son and the Spirit of the Father. He's the eternal love that's flowed between the eternal lover and the eternal beloved. Because God is love, he's beloved, he's lover, and he's love. And the Holy Spirit is the love. Now, in the same way that we can know the, we can give our lives to Jesus and begin to develop a relationship with Jesus as evangelicals, because we want to be evangelicals, everybody, okay? Evangelical means have understood and are participating in the evangel, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to have sound doctrine, sound theology. But theology is only real if it goes from theory to theory plus experience or experience based on God, theo. If it it remains in in the realm of if, it, if, if it's in the realm of knowledge without experience, it's not theology. Because theology is knowledge of God and God himself experienced by us. That's when it becomes theology. It's no longer theory. It's theology. And Jesus, as Bill Johnson says, is living theology. He is theology, Jesus. 
It's not. See, we live in a world, why am I telling you all this? We live in a world all around us, okay, where most of the people around us, if they are Christians, they believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And their passion for the Word of God is not the problem. It's just that if you have a passion for the Word of God without any experience of God who's in His Word, then you end up with dry, dry, dry theory, which is called religion. This is our context, everybody. And when we understand our context, we know, therefore, how we go about winning people to the gospel. We understand how to go about baptizing this nation, baptizing these people. You see, when I was a kid growing up in a, in a completely immersed in an Islamic society in northern Nigeria, okay, those people had never heard the name of Jesus. Our approach with the gospel, okay, was different to the approach with the gospel today here in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, unless you are reaching somebody who's from the Islamic faith. But the Holy Spirit showed me that you can, that people can be living right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, all around us who go to church every Sunday, who would tell you, I'm a Christian because my daddy was a Christian, my mommy was a Christian, and my granddaddy was a Christian, I'm a Christian. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's turns you into a hamburger, as Keith Green said. You can go to church your whole life and not be a born-again Christian. You can have massive churches with thousands of members with only a few genuinely born-again believers in Jesus Christ. Because to believe in Jesus is not actually sufficient. The Bible tells us that even the devil and the demons believe in Jesus, but shudder. Okay? You can't use God like, you know, like some sort of little trinket that you put on the bottom of your, your rear view mirror and treat him like a good luck symbol. I got the cross, so I'm not going to have a crash. That's the spirit of stupid. There's no different to that and pagan paganism. God is not a bunch of symbols by which if we have those trinkets, now we have salvation. God is a person. In fact, God is three persons in one. And he's Father, he's Son, and he's Holy Spirit. And the Father was not understood until Jesus came. And when Jesus came at his baptism, the heavens opened, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the voice spoke and said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I'm really pleased. Yeah! I don't think he said, You are my beloved Son. In whom I'm reluctant, I mean, I'm well pleased. No, I don't think he, he, he said that. And I don't think he had a British accent. I think he said, y'all are my favorite son. 
I love you with my whole being. I'm nuts about you, boy. The father's love came to the son. The son had been the, 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 the eternal son of God who became Jesus of Nazareth when the word became flesh. John 1.14, and dwelt among us. The son of God, now flesh, 30 years old, as he came up out of the water, the father's love moved towards him. The Father's love is always moving. Say that with me, moving. That's why I like the analogy of the car, because the whole purpose of the car is not to stay in a garage. It's not to be looked at. It's not to be admired. It's not to be kept really in its primary purpose as an endless investment. A car is created to move. And you and I have been born again to move. And love is always moving. Love is movement. Love is momentum. Love is eternal movement. Love is constantly moving. The father is always moving towards his son. The son is always moving towards the father. The spirit is the one who's moving from the father to the son, from the son to the father. There's movement constantly in love, and for all of eternity, and for all of eternity, love will always be on the move. And God's number one passion is moving to, into the world. He wants to move into the world. And so when Jesus, at the baptism, received that glorious, heavenly, liquid, golden honey that came in both word and spirit, the Father's loving affirmation through his word, backed up by the experience of the Spirit. You can't know the Father's love without the word and the Spirit operating together. And when the, when the Father comes and baptizes you and you're immersed in his love, it feels like liquid golden honey all over you. You experience his tangible love. It is not theory. It's tangible. It's substance. God has substance, everybody. Okay? And the experience of God is never based upon you making a sacrifice for him. There's nothing that you could sacrifice that would, that would be a good enough sacrifice to make your sacrifice worthy of his love. Every religion in the world is about man making a sacrifice for God in order to try to move towards God. The problem is there's an infinite gap between the creator and the created. But when the creator chooses in love to move towards us, now the gap is bridged. And that gap has been forever bridged by Jesus Christ. And the moment you put your faith in him, you are transformed you become one spirit with him. You become one with him. And in that union, all of his eternal experience with the Father now becomes your possibility of experience with the Father. And the Father wants to come and baptize you with his love. So the first, the first experience in the love of the Father is movement from God to you. Say that with me. Movement of God to me. 
It's not about my faith. It's about his eternal faith and his movement towards me from before time began. Okay? So now the Father's moving towards you. And this morning, I'm going to make an invitation and I'm going to invite every single person among the other invitations who've never ever really experienced the Father's liquid golden honey presence to come up this morning and experience Him. And you are going to be set free from all performance thinking. You're going to be set free from all, I'm going to, 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 I'm going to. You're going to get set free from do, 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 do. Because do, do's a pile of poo. And you're going to get set free from all your doo-doo. Because daddy's going to come and he's going to just baptize you in his liquid golden honey. And you know what? You don't have to run out there and have a quick bath and come in nice and spotless clean so that he can do that. He's looking and moving towards you just as you are right now. Just as you are. And so the first category of people that God's going to touch this morning are all of those people that have never experienced Daddy pouring his love upon us. And the second group, and, and, and subset B of that group are people like me, who it was a while ago since we last got baptized in liquid golden honey. I remember when I was in Toronto in 2000, May 2000, I'd come in fresh-faced, 32 years old. I was ready to take the world. I was in Toronto in the revival, and I was invited specially into a private church planting room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't that make me special? 32. And during that time, we had the opportunity to receive a prophetic word from some prophets. Oh, yeah. Prophets. Real grown-up ones. And there's nothing like a prophetic word to take that ego of yours that just needs a little help because you've been steeped in religion and you've been working so hard. You're bare to the bone. You're bare knuckled. And my gosh, your ego's in tatters because you're more aware of your own corruption and your own mess up than you are of God's goodness. Isn't that what happens when it's all based on our works? Well, I was in that condition and now we're going to get a prophetic word. And there's nothing that soothes that ego more than you're going to be an apostle to the nations. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> Hi, that's right, little me. I'm going to be really big me, super me, apostle to the nations. Not just little Oxford where I live in England, but the nations. Woohoo! Aren't I so special? And so, you know, there's only one problem with those kinds of moments. The lineup for those prophet, prophetic words is really long. But the good news is that in a long lineup like that, there's people that you can stand next to, people that you can explain how amazing you are to. I mean, ask questions about how wonderful they are. I had a meeting the other day with somebody, I had a coffee. When I came back, my wife said to me, honey, how was so-and-so? How was their wife? I said, uh, I don't know. Well, how were they? I don't know. What did you talk about? Uh, me. 
nightmare. She just nailed me. Splat. I had to text them. I'm ever so sorry. I realized all I did was talk about me and my situation. I just wanted to ask you, how are you doing? Anybody in my company? So I'm standing in this lineup and these pastors are there. Wow, pastors. I wasn't a pastor at the time. Going to be one though. For sure, sure. Called by God, you know. No idea that actually I was a pastor. You don't have to have the title pastor to be a pastor. You have to have a heart of a pastor to be a pastor. That's why there's a lot of hurt in churches because people without a heart of a pastor have the title pastor. But be careful you don't become one of them. And so there I am standing there and I'm, and I, oh my gosh, they're stuck with me. So I'm downloading the mother load about my life. And just when I thought that it was at my most impressive moment that I thought they're sure to just be in awe and actually give up their places for me to go in front of them. One of them looked at the other and said, you know, Cameron, I don't think Duncan's ever met his heavenly daddy, do you? I was like, how dare you call God daddy? That's irreverent. And who the heck do you think you are to be going around daddy this, daddy that, daddy the other? But in that moment, I realized, you know what? There, that's true. I haven't ever met God as my heavenly daddy. Just in that split second, the other pastor confirmed my worst fears, that they could read my thoughts. And he said, no, I don't think Duncan has. <laughs> Scott, I'm like, not so sure about you two. But in that moment, I realized all my pride, all my ego, just there was only one thing to do with it. Kill it and kill it quickly. Please, guys, if God asks you to die, don't make it slow and painful for all of us. There's nothing worse than ego struggling to die. Right? Just die. Just do it quick. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritually when you get asked by the Holy Spirit to lay down your life and die, right? So in that moment, I, I just surrendered to love and I, I put my hands out like this. You know, they said, well, they said, put your hands out. So I'm like... I learned, I learned yesterday, never look a horse in the eye. Well, don't look a pastor in the eye when he's talking the way those two were. So I put my hands out like this and this pastor says had my eyes open, you know, one of those anointed, you know, peaky looks, you know. Because you wouldn't want them to know that you were like ungodly. You have to look godly. And he went like this. Why did he have to do that? That disturbed me. I'm like, please, just enough with those wrists like that. Just, I'm like, oh, 
you know, just put your hand on my hand. Don't be weird. Bunch of weird charismatics. And he just said, Heavenly Daddy, would you come and show your little boy how much you love him? Nobody had ever prayed like that over me before in my entire life. Kaboom, bam. It felt like I was hit on the top of my head by a locomotive falling out of the sky. I landed on the floor in a crumpled heap. And yet at the same time, it also felt like what somebody, you know, when you were kids and they cracked that egg on your head and then all the, all the you know, stuff. Uh, yeah. And you're like, do it again. Because that was the best feeling you've ever had. You know? It was like that. Like this liquid golden honey just coming down warm all over me as I was mushed to the floor. And in that moment, my whole life was transformed from being somebody who'd been saved, somebody who'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit so that I could be powerful, so that I could do miracles, so that I could do extraordinary wonders and drive out demons. And hopefully, maybe even pastor a church one day. Two, I couldn't care less about all of that. All I care about right now is that I'm the most loved human being on the planet. I feel it. I know it in my Noah. You can read it. You can hear it from somebody. But until you're smothered in it, until you're completely and totally discombobulated in daddy's love, you'll be in that performance striving. But in that moment, all striving left me for about half an hour. By the time I got back off that floor, I was striving to get that all over again for the rest of it. Right? But guys, there's a place when the Father's love moves to you, towards you, that you are now immersed and you suddenly, from that moment on, you realize, okay, now I'm moving in that love. I'm moving towards more of that love and I'm moving with that love, but I'm moving. I'm in his lap, but his lap's a throne. I'm in his love, but his love's not just for me. I'm in his love, but in his love, I'm called to be powerful now. In his love, I'm not called to hang on till next Sunday so I can have it all over again because I've had such a terrible, awful week. In his love, I'm able to be powerful and take this powerful love that has revolutionized me and set me free from all my performance striving for God's affections and delivered me into God's affections. Now in God's affections, I can carry his affections to my world around me. And those affections, because I realized he moved towards me in the complete hopelessness, uselessness, of my own efforts and my unworthiness of him to move towards me like that, now I can look at the world and realize the world around me where I looked at it and said, you're not worth God. You're, you haven't earned the right for me to even look at you. 
all of that's gone. Instead of looking at the world going, hey, when are you going to shape up, wise up? When are you going to get your act together? When are you going to stop swearing? When are you going to stop? When are you going to start reading your Bible? When are you going to give your life to Jesus? When are you going to get that drugs addiction out of you? When are you going to get that alcoholism out? When are you going to get over your debts? When are you going to get out of poverty? What's wrong with you? Come on, you need to believe in Jesus. All that goes away. And instead of looking at my city with judgment-filled eyes, I look at my city through the lenses of my daddy's affections. You're simply not manifesting God's love perfectly enough to become the judge of your city. So, one of the biggest problems is that having experienced daddy's love, it's so marvelous that you don't have to perform that you end up not performing at all. And you end up sitting in daddy's love like it's a silver cloud. I'm in the father's love. I go to the father's love church. Catch the fire. It's great. You don't have to do anything. You just, you just chill in daddy's love. And you know what? A lot of that's actually true. Except that that love moves. <laughs> It's like there's, there's love on the inside trying to get out. I can do that now. I've got room inside my shirt because I've lost 22 pounds. Could, could you tell? Could you tell? Thank you, Michael Finnan. Would you like to know how I've lost 22 pounds? Uh, you'll have to um, ask Michael Finnan. Something to do with... Very little carbs and very little sugar. Anyway, so love moves. And here we, we move on to these two categories right here. John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Everybody say, the doors were shut for fear. The doors were shut. They were meeting, probably praying, having a prayer meeting. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us, but they were meeting. And in that meeting, the doors were shut. You realize, folks, that a lot of the doors of our lives are shut out of fear of what's out there in the world? When our doors are never to be shut, our doors are to be opened. You were created to be a door opener. You were not created to be somebody who slams doors in people's faces. Make a decision in your heart with the Holy Spirit's help. I will never again shut a door, slam shut in the face of any human being. You were created to be a door opener for others. When, you have, when your heart's filled with fear, you shut doors to keep yourself safe. When your heart is full of love, you open doors to make sure that love fills the world and makes the devil feel incredibly unsafe anywhere in the world. You were created 
for love to explode out of you. Open the doors of your life. You've let Jesus in. Why did you shut them? Keep them open and let him out. <laughs> He'll never leave you or forsake you. Say this with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. You know, you got to love a church meeting where Jesus has to say, peace, 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 because everyone's going ballistic with excitement. Come, come on. When was the last time that Jesus showed up in a church somewhere in the world and had to ask everybody in the church, guys, would you please calm down? You're far too excited. I've got something to tell you. <laughs> Come on, may the Holy Spirit fill this church family with joy unspeakable. I pray that we'll be so ballistic in his joy, so ballistic in the experience of his love, that the first thing he has to say to us is, guys, peace. Peace. Come on, come on. All right, you win, you win, you win. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've, I've missed the verse, sorry. So Jesus said to them again, verse 21, peace to you. And then he says these words, as the Father has sent me, I also send you you. Remember two weeks ago when I was preaching and I was saying to you all the, about the generations and, and Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And then it's, and God says, I will open up a place in the rock, place you in the rock, cover you with my hand, pass you by. And he says, I will show all of my goodness to you. I will cause all of my goodness to pass before you all of my goodness. Show me your glory. And God says, I'll cause all of my goodness to pass by you. This world is filled with the glory of God. Okay. That means that this world is full of the goodness of God. Okay. But our mission, okay, spoken in Habakkuk, spoken in the book of Numbers, is what God's passion is that not only will this world be filled with the glory of God, which it is, but it will be filled with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea. What does that mean? Well, according to Moses, if you had said to Moses a quick interview, Moses, you asked to see God's glory. What was it like now that you had that experience with God and he put you in the rock and he passed by? Moses, the first thing Moses would say, his goodness was incredible. Why? Because his glory is his goodness. So what does it mean for the whole world to be filled, the whole earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God? 
as the waters cover the sea. It's God's people filled with his glory. You and I filled with Jesus, the glory of the Father, the glory of the one and only, full of grace, full of truth, full of mercy. That glorious one on the inside that Colossians 1.29 says that Christ in you is the hope. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the glory of God inside of you, that you manifest daily the goodness of God everywhere you go. Christians are doing, we're doing, sadly, I say Christians, all of us together, we're doing the world the biggest disservice when we get religious and get worn out in religion and look miserable and grumpy because we're spending more time thinking about how not to sin instead of living out the righteousness of God. We got to stop being grumpy, everybody. My prayer is that we will be the happiest church on, in all of the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. I didn't say we are the happiest church. I said my hope is that we will be the happiest church. I make it my ambition to be the happiest senior leader that you guys could possibly have. Would you join me in being happy? What will, what will fuel your happiness? an ever-increasing experience of God's glory, which is God's. Come on, which is God's. All right, let's stand. Let's stand. Okay, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you, they're forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. He literally in that moment upgraded them in their status to godhood because only only god has authority on earth to forgive sins and he just gave them authority on earth to forgive sins in daniel 7 verse 18 you read this line starts in daniel 7 with the ancient of days seated on his throne then it moves to one like a son of man coming on the clouds who comes up to the ancient of days and receives from the ancient of days the kingdom that belongs to the ancient of days. He receives it and now he is the possessor of the kingdom forever and ever and ever and all of heaven worships him. That's Jesus, everybody. We sang about it this morning. May the clouds descend lower. What a line from Joel Houston from Hillsong. Aren't we so blessed by Hillsong? I'm so blessed by Hillsong Church. And then, and then everybody, in Daniel 7, 18, it says, and then the kingdom was handed over to the saints who possessed it forever and ever and ever and ever. A happy king, full of goodness, eternal goodness, who is love himself, hands over to his son, who has defeated all sin, sickness, death. He hands the kingdom of goodness and glory to his son. His son, who, Hebrews 2 verse 10 says that he led many sons into glory. These generations, the son, who has now rescued all the children and made them sons of God for those, of those who believe, and receive him. They're now the sons of God, John 1, 12. And those sons are given the kingdom. You've been given a kingdom. Cheer up. 
Come on. You've been given an everlasting kingdom. Seriously, let that make you happy. Let that make you happy. My prayer for you is that God's goodness would never be theory for you, but would be living theology for you. That the Holy Spirit, who is the very goodness of God himself, (laughs) the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Wait a minute, why does peace come third? Because love and joy is so exciting, you need a bit of peace to calm you down. Come on, let's get excited. I'm excited. The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Why patience? Because what you've received is so exciting, that love, that joy, that peace. You need patience while the world catches up on your revelation. You need patience because you're so excited about this new kingdom, this glorious king, this amazing goodness. You can't wait to get out there. And you're like, world, why don't you get it? Why don't you get it? Man, you need patience while the world is trying to get it. Patience, kindness, goodness. Did you hear that? Say it again. Say it loudly. Let heaven hear it. Gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Folks, two invitations. It was going to be three, but I'm just going to make it two. First invitation for all of you who've never really truly experienced daddy's love. Or you just need reminding by a fresh baptism of liquid golden honey. I want to invite you in a moment to come to the front. Second group of people, those of you who've experienced the Father's love. God wants to baptize you with power to carry that love to the broken world around you so that you fix it. Make a decision in your heart with all the Holy Spirit's help. My motivation is never going to be to come in through those doors to get fixed ever again. I do not come to this church on Sunday morning to get fixed. I'm fixed. I'm fixed. I'm fixed. I'm fixed. I come in to celebrate with everybody else that's fixed. And I come in with all my friends that need fixing so that they can get fixed with all I'm fixing with. Amen? So, if that's you, if you want to fix the world, with daddy's love. You need some of that love first. And if you've got that love and you want to carry it to the world, you need a baptism of power to do it. I'm going to invite the whole prayer ministry team out and I'm going to invite every single one of you that wants a fresh baptism of liquid golden honey baptizing you on your head and those of you that desire the anointing to propel you to your world around you to carry that gorgeous Beautiful, incredible love and goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. Come on up. Press on in. Press on in. I'm going to need every single person 
in this church that is... that is willing and able and part of the prayer ministry team, maybe not on duty today, but you're here. If you're willing to just pray for people, that would be great. Now, before you, guys, before you get praying, okay, there's one last thing that I would like to do. If you're here this morning and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, that's the first step of the journey. And it's as easy as saying this simple prayer with me. So if you're here in this room and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior and started this journey of love, say this prayer with me, okay? Let's just take a moment for for those that would like to pray it. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. The truth is I've gone my own way, but I don't want to any longer. I ask your forgiveness for all my sinful ways. I accept that you, Lord Jesus, became the sacrifice and the full payment of all my sin when you died on the cross. And I thank you that death could not hold you, that you're alive today. I feel your presence. I open my heart to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. He's coming in right now. And Lord, I promise you, Jesus, with your help, And the help of your wonderful Holy Spirit, I promise to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you're born again, born of the Spirit. Tell somebody before you leave today, find a church that loves Jesus like crazy and join that church and become an amazing member of that church. Doesn't have to be this church, but find a church. Of course, we hope that it would be this church because, I don't know, I love it. But, Don't make that a big deal. Go to a church that really loves Jesus. Find a Bible, buy a Bible, pick up a Bible, start reading it. But most of all, expect the Holy Spirit to come and encounter you.